Epi, what'd you think? Peter, did I turn this thing all the way? I back? said. <laughs> Your connection's starting to get shitty, or our connection is one of the two. Uh, same. What? Yeah. I got nothing. Yeah, I don't either. Hey. It sounded good. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Beer and Loathing Podcast, a podcast that's Sort of about beer. More about getting drunk and meeting new friends. Either way, we talk to people you'll probably never, ever meet. I'm Pete M. in Grand Rapids, Michigan, joined by Sam Sly and Matt Dog 2020 in Denver. They are at Spangling, and they're talking with Taylor Reese. How the fuck is everybody, and what are you guys drinking? Fantastic. That was concise and amazing. That was good. You're getting it down. (laughs) That was really the best intro you've ever done, Peter. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, I'm drinking uh, Sugarfoot, our, our uh, Belgian table beer. Oh, nice. That what was, are you drinking? That was the GABF. It, it was. Winner, it? it was. It was. Which is not why I'm drinking it. No. It's just low alcohol, and I don't want to start slurring my words on this thing. So At least not till the end. You know? At least not till the end. That is encouraged, though. Okay. Okay. I'll switch. Yeah. No, I, uh, <laughs> I went with the uh, Beatrice Cezanne. Nice. Yeah, I actually had this the other night for the first time, and... Uh, it gripped me. It's good. I'm glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm. Saisons are like one of those styles that I'm still kind of like learning and learning to appreciate. It's not that I never liked them. It's just there. I've never been uh, into yeast forward beers. So yeah, like Belgians and I mean Saison even Saison's in like kind of the Belgian. Oh, for sure. Realm and stuff. Oh, for sure. Very yeah. much so. And they're very yeast forward. And they're very different. Yeah. I think that's if you start getting into them, um, they're they vary greatly from brewery to brewery yeah. uh, even within the, like we've brewed probably four or five different saisons all been very different so um, they're fun but yeah they're, they're, they can they can be very different from one another yeah I, I kind of like that in a beer I mean it, it, it's I like to know kind of what I'm getting in a ballpark but at the same time if it's the exact same thing everywhere you go what's where's the, the fun in that yeah what's the point yeah I've gone to different breweries you know yeah. I've never heard the so term I East a, forward before Oh no! No. So it sounds like a Bernie Sanders kind of thing. It kind of does, <laughs> but um, but so for example, an IPA is a hop forward beer. Yeah. Generally speaking, uh, you're doing everything you can to accentuate the hop character. Okay. So you're not using a yeast that has a whole lot of flavor or aroma. You're doing it really what they would call a clean yeast. Your malt bill is going to be, you know, essentially kind of staying out of the way to let the hops shine. A yeast forward beer is a Same beer that with yeast. with yeast you're basically. Uh, you know, you're trying to like highlight the yeast characteristics. Gotcha. That doesn't mean you can't have beers that do all those at the same time. Yeah. Hoppy, hoppy saisons, and uh, like Belgian IPAs. Yeah, mix and match. You know? Exactly. Pete, what do you got going I, on your end? Uh, I'm I'm drinking that beer you sent me, uh, the Santa Fe. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, it's real, real good. I don't know if you've had a chance to try that all from Santa Fe Brewing. It's uh, no. Oh, I can't remember what exactly what it's called, but it's basically a coffee imperial stout. I think it's just imperial Java stout. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nice. It's yeah. It's it's quite. Good. It's good. Yeah. 
I, it, it uh, says right on the can like, not to not to eat or not to not not for use with donuts. I think is what the can says. <laughs> and so one night I went down to Voodoo because it's right down the street from where I live. I'm like, well, I'm gonna get some donuts and yeah. blatantly disregard this. Exactly. This I mean, morning. who's to say? I know. Gave me an idea for a video. I'm it's not gonna so good, spoil though. it here, but I'm it's gonna. It's so good. <laughs> It has a little pep too. We we use that one as a uh, a morning beer before like snowboarding. Oh, perfect! It's got enough of that coffee flavor that it really gives you a little boost. And probably some caffeine too. I'd imagine if it's real coffee. I would hope so. I, I'd like to think so. I don't know. Back at Great Divide, we did espresso yeti. I mean, they still do. But when I was there, right when we first developed it, the uh, some you know we were brewing twenty four seven. So the guy uh, leaving. His shift at 5 a.m. and the guy starting his shift at 5 a.m. would usually share a Yeti, uh, <laughs> uh, espresso Yeti, just to kind of end the day and get the day going, like depending on who you were. Starter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah. How did you guys end up adding the coffee in that? Because I've I just last year learned there's a lot of different ways to do it, you and know, you know the, you kind of want to take in consideration how you're doing it because the fact that you're adding water you can actually oxidize the beer and there's a whole bunch of stuff in there that's very correct yep exactly and the way we did it when i was there and i believe they may have tried a couple different techniques since i've left just because it the way we did it was kind of a pain Um, but we made a basically uh what they call it a cold toddy so uh essentially we would put all the coffee in a tank it was already ground we got it from pablo's um, which is a local roaster here, and they have a shop here in Denver. Um, it would be ground. We put it in these like hop sacks, but they were giant, basically like six foot tall hop sacks. And then we would, because um, of that oxidation issue, you're correct. You can't just, you don't want to just send water from the hose, you know, from the water system yeah. right in there. So we would, we would boil the water first, and then send it through our heat exchange to cool it down to like. As cold as we could get it, I think we'd shoot for like 45 degrees Fahrenheit and then let it steep. And for us, it, when I was there, we'd let it steep for like three to four days oh, wow. and then blend it in with the finished beer afterwards to taste. So okay. basically, uh, we know how much coffee we were going to get. Is, so. the, is the caffeine like even appreciable? Oh, for sure. Yeah? Yes. As I'm, I'm like... I could drink two pots before I go to bed and fall asleep for twelve hours. So I yep. No, but like for the average person, is like you can you, you can, can tell it's there. Yeah, and I'm yeah. I'm a big coffee drinker as well. Um, but you, yeah, you could definitely that that toddy. I don't know if you've ever had um, have you ever had just cold pressed coffee on oh, its yeah. own? So yeah. that's strong as, yeah. it, as it is. It's really strong and it has that same like punch. Like you took one sip and you're like kind of it. It was bracing. Um, but it was awesome. Poisons in one thing is yeah. beautiful. They still ma- I'm, yeah, the Great Divide still does it. It's still delicious. Yeah. So I don't know what season they, they brew it in anymore, but yeah, I, can't remember I, I highly recommend it. It's one of my favorite beers that, uh, that I'll we did. I'll try and pay did. attention a little bit closer because I'm not a coffee drinker, and I'm not even really a caffeine drinker. So like, if I'm really hungover at work or something one day, I'll have like a half a cup, and then I'm just... I'm like, uh, I'm on coke, man. I'm just Wired. like, I'm like, I got ideas. Let's go do stuff. Snap my fingers, you know. Rubbing my gums. It's it's messed up. Rubbing my gums. It's, it's hysterical. I, I can't. It's, I've have a low tolerance to caffeine, so oh, I'm man. have to like maybe do an experiment. How much espresso Yeti it takes to get me to all get you there. Out. See if I can. Well, it might be a catch twenty two. I might be falling over before it's I. It's gonna. Yeah. You'd be one like, of those is gonna. 
that's not a that's Go not a, effect. That's not a session beer, you know. Yeah, wide awake but hammered drunk. Wide awake yeah. but on the floor, not able to walk. Yeah. You, I like think Sam's just gonna have a heart attack. Yeah, yeah that's he'll a possibility. just explode right out my chest. Uh, well, so Taylor, uh, tell us a little bit about Spangling then. Uh, so yeah. you're here now. You were at Great Divide for a while. And... For sure. Yep. Yep. Uh, we were all at Great Divide. Uh, oh, okay. I was there ten years. Austin, uh, one of the other owners, was there for seven, and Darren was there for four or five years. Uh, but we started Spangalang. Uh, gosh, we opened our doors April 9th of last year, so we're coming on one year real soon here. Yeah. Um, neighborhood brewery. We're focusing on just making beer for the neighborhood. Awesome. Uh, kind of a di- really diverse you know styles uh we don't stick to one ingredient or um or style of beer or anything like that you know we think five points has uh a lot of energy and vibrancy and and diversity and we don't feel like we you know that brewing one style would you know you know honor that history so we want to basically uh just be like an energetic vibrant brewery that does uh, everything whatever we feel like you know and uh the neighborhood has taken to it they like what we've been putting out even some of the crazier stuff uh like the all bread stuff but then there's some people who like the fruit beers we do but yeah so we're doing kind of everything we've we've always wanted to do and um it's been a ton of fun uh it's definitely different than great divide great divide is uh you know, I love to work in there for sure, and I love their beers still. Yeah, um, absolutely. But, you know, they're a big packaging brewery, and you have to have consistent styles throughout the year. Yep. People expect beer to be one way exactly that way yeah. from them, yeah. and that's awesome that they do that, and it's very hard. Um, yeah. But it's kind of uh, liberating to not have to worry about that anymore. And just we do have some beers we brew, you know, over and over again, but uh, we can run out of them. And it's not the end of the world. No one, lo- no one gets upset with us. We don't have distributors barking yeah. at us. So, um, so we basically just do whatever we feel like, and a- that changes seasonally. You know, as the weather gets warmer, we'll do a lot more lighter stuff. Uh, maybe some, you know, uh, fruit, fruit beers, stuff like that. And then, you know, this past winter was our first time doing it, but we had uh, a few different stouts, uh, a barley wine, an English old ale. So we definitely, you know. We kind of brew what we feel is, yeah. is, is you know, what we feel like is going to be good for that time of year. That's cool. So that's going to be kind of the, the constant theme is change. Exactly. The constant will be change. That's for awesome. Sure. That's like jazz music. Exactly. <laughs> Which, exactly. Yeah, you never know where it's going to go. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, actually, tell a story about how you named the, the brewery because uh, I, I remember uh, someone told me that once. I can't remember if it was you or one of the other bartenders or something. But yeah, so that was cool. Spangling. Um, I'll just tell you what the, it means. It's basically uh, a jazz reference, in particular a jazz drumming reference. Um, it kind of... Ref- on, the easiest way to describe it to people is it's that um, that cymbal pattern, that... But that's a very generic way of describing it. It's essentially that ability of a drummer to kind of get in the groove and, and just be in the groove and lay back and, and kind of let things flow around them. Um, so I've heard it uh, described a couple different ways, but essentially it's um, that a drummer's like kind of natural ability to just find the groove and stay in it and, uh, and have it kind of contribute to the whole band. And we were trying to decide on a name, and once we found the uh, place here in Five Points, we definitely wanted it to be uh, 
somewhat uh, related to jazz, if possible, because we think that's an incredibly cool part of the history of this neighborhood, um, which we can get into in a sec. But essentially, Five Points, uh, the neighborhood Five Points in Denver has a, a great jazz history. Um, and we also needed a name that no one else had. Uh, we had about, <laughs> we, I mean, we honestly had like 50 names, and every single one of them were taken. So, uh, you know, litigation is a big deal these days, and we didn't want to get t-shirts and all that stuff branded and signs and then find out we had to change our name so we wanted it to be incredibly unique and spangalang uh, there's not even another business in the country that has that name let alone a brewery um, so it worked out perfect for us zero confusion possible. zero confusion <laughs> and it's you know it rolls off the tongue nice it's incredible like it's a weird word a lot of people like saying it so it, it's fun to say after a few beers too. exactly it's, exactly you can, you can keep that momentum it's got that roller coaster of it or something i don't know yeah yeah good name I like that the logo actually has that like throwback like '50s uh, retro kind of vibe, and then like the logo is uh, it looks like a vinyl. I think that's badass. Yeah, thanks. That's um, that was intentional. Uh, we kind of based that logo on um, the Blue Note albums of the '50s and '60s. If you kind of do it, that's the word I was looking for. Yeah, thank you. Which much. is you know it's. Yeah, it's, a, it's like a very particular type of album that was released. I was going to uh, say uh, Bossa Nova, but that's obviously yeah. not right. That's, that's more stuff. That's, that's more stuff. But yeah, that's yeah. Open yeah, but yeah. it's um, the, the Blue Note uh, record label came out with a bunch of albums that all have the same image and theme to them. And so we kind of took that as inspiration for that. And then actually that other circular logo, um, there's kind of a weird uh, design in the middle of what it's the vinyl. And that's actually the five point intersection. So um, okay. yeah, right. so it's the uh, awesome. it's the yeah. five point intersection. I'm staring at your hat as you're describing. Yeah, this. <laughs> and um, so we thought that would be cool too because we're actually just we're half a block from that intersection. So yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. So uh, I love that you guys are like focusing on the neighborhood brewery. I think that's going to be huge, especially in a market where there's. However many breweries is Denver up to now? Fifty God. or sixty? Oh, it's more. I think it's like seven. Yeah. yeah, it's insane. But I mean, it, to me, it seems like neighborhood breweries is going to be the next like sustainable kind of model. If you're not trying to, you know, pump a bunch of money into production and not working thirty six hours a day, nine yep. days a week type stuff. Yep, we we hope so. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the goal. that's a that's what we're banking on. But um, but yeah, that was our thought. Um, the the. the the district, you know, the packaging market and uh, the wholesale market—it's uh, a ton of work, and it takes a long. It either takes a long time or a lot of money or both to reach a point where you can be kind of profitable and sustainable, and and that was that was just what we saw, you know, five years ago. Um, that doesn't even—I I don't even know what it's like today. Um, with so many other, you know, you've got your people like Great Divide and Breck and Oscar Blues, but then you also have a lot of smaller guys that are making fantastic beer as well, yeah. and everybody's competing for those shelf space and every, you know, the shelf space, and everyone's so, in, you know, the consumers are so interested in kind of whatever's new and cool, and I've got to imagine that can be a tough, um, a tough battle for brewers to, yeah. you know, to fight if. Uh, if they're just trying to, to run a business and, and, and make enough money to pay themselves. So right. doesn't mean it can't be done, and there's a lot of people doing it great, but it was something we kind of decided we didn't really want to get into. And we think, um, you know, the neighborhood brewery just seems like a perfect model. People, yeah. and it's not, 
we obviously are, are not the first. We, uh, we, we, we got the idea from breweries like True, Strange, Dry Dock before Dry Dock was big was just a small little brewery in a strip mall. Those were the kind of the three breweries I remember we used in our business plan. And it was like, all right, this can work. Like people are really into this, this vibe where you can just come into a brewery, order what they have, walk out with growlers if you want or, or not. But, um, so it, it definitely, you know, it's not something that's new. It's just something we saw that was working and thought we would see if it would work in five points. And so far so good. But I, I agree with you. I think, uh, it's, uh, hairy, hairy market out there for for packaging yeah. right now. Actually, uh, I don't know if you've had a chance to check them out yet. Deep Drafts just opened up in uh, right on the street. Yes, on, I have from not where had. I, live I on n- 17th. Yep, I have not been able to check them out, but um, yeah, I've same idea heard though, man. It. They went right for you know, let's be a neighborhood brewery, and honestly, like I've always had the, the wild aspirations to open one myself. I'm like someone needs to open a brewery on 17th Street. I mean, we have Vine Street Pub there, which is great. Uh, it's cash only, so I. Don't go there as much as I probably should. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then, uh, so then they open up like within a couple block race. I'm like, this would be the perfect spot to open up one. I'm like, fuck. All right, they, <laughs> they beat me to it, but <laughs> there are still other options. Oh yeah, no, I'm, and, uh, I'm not worried. But it's yeah. like, it, it yeah. also validates the idea. It's like, all right, this is something that other people agree. Yeah, that this is kind of a good business model to get into because I think so. And I think what is gonna, what I'm interested to see, just because seeing ourselves and. You know, a few other breweries did the same thing at the same time. Uh, you know, Ratio, Call to Arms, both opened right when we did. Yeah. Ratio's real close. Yep. Kind of a different model. They have a much bigger place, kind of much more polished type thing. And I, yeah. And, and I can't speak for them, but I, I feel like maybe they're going to package at some point. But um, Call to Arms is... Whispers, I've heard, yeah. Yeah, smaller, but, you know, it's like we're basically opening bars now. And... And there was actually just an article, and I wish I could tell you where I read it, but it ju- I just saw it on Twitter. Porch Drinking kind of just retweeted something about it. Okay. But essentially, it, 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 uh, they interviewed um, Chris from Call to Arms, and he basically said, essentially, we're, we're now in a different business. We're opening bars that make our own alcohol, and uh, which is... It, feels that way a little bit i mean we're brewers we're definitely a brewery but our model is how can we get people in the door i mean that's our our goal is like what everything we do is about you know building business just here not like all right we're doing this so that someone will see us and then a month from now they'll see us in a liquor store and they'll buy a six-pack it's like what can we do to get people to come in here so it's a totally different um model and probably a different strategy i'm thinking and now there's so many (laughs) <laughs> yeah, right. That you've got to kind of do, try to do stuff to stand out. At least but. that way you can kind of look around and see what everyone else is doing and yeah, see you exactly. know, what might be working, what might not be. Yeah. You don't have to do it all on your own now. It, exactly. And fortunately it's, a, it's, or fortunately, it's a great industry, and so we all yeah. talk. You know what I mean? Like, did this work for you? Are you going to do this, you know, this festival again? Are you going to do that? Like, we kind of, uh, we're, we're all cool with one another. Taylor, I want to hire you to do our segues because this led into one of the questions I had in my head (laughs) so fucking perfectly. Um, You guys just uh, did a collaboration beer with, uh, remind me who it was again. Ballast Point? Yes. Yes. For Collab Fest. Yep. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. It was cool. I was curious, like, how that, like, came to be. It's it's much uh, simpler than you would imagine. (laughs) So, um, the the Ballast Point sales rep for Colorado, um, Stephen, he... Uh, is a regular at the tap room and uh, uh, another one of the owners Darren 
ha- usually is here on the nights when he Stephen co- came in or comes in, and so they were talking, and we had had something potentially set up with a brewer- another brewery, and it fell through, and. Darren like jokingly said to this guy from Ballast Point, "Oh, so do you guys want to do a collaboration?" Like thinking there's no way Ballast Point is going to do a collaboration with us. People know them, sure. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, and they're gigantic. Yeah. And we just thought, you know, that there's no way. And he was like, "Yeah, that'd be awesome." Like, what? And he's like, <laughs> "Let me just stutter. make sure." He's like, "But I'm pretty sure we'll be able to fly someone out." So we were just like, "What? Are you kidding me?" Yeah. So. Uh, so you did brew it here. That was we my brewed next it here, question. and uh, they flew. Their brewer, they have multiple breweries, but they have a pilot brewery. I, I, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna say which because I, I think I'm gonna be wrong. But the pilot brewery, <laughs> they flew, um, <laughs> they flew the brewer Nathan out, and he was a cool dude. And before that, we developed the recipe kind of via email. Yeah. But they flew him out for the whole weekend. He came in, he brewed with us. It was great. He was, he taught us a lot. The, the Lydian, uh, the Lydian IPL. IPL right? Yeah, okay. I had that one the other night too. That's that's a style that is like to me. It's starting to, I see more of. It's starting I, to I gain some steam. So I mean, yeah, I don't know if it's if it's widespread in the industry gaining steam or if it's kind of a local thing. But I'm not opposed to it. I, I like it as a style. Uh, yeah, I, I do too. It's essentially ours is kind of like a pilsner on steroids. So yeah. it tastes very pilsner esque, but uh, we used American hops as well as some uh, Hul Melon, which is a German, new German variety that kind of has some nice fruit characters. So kind of like a Pilsner with that kind of IPA hop aroma yeah. going on. But I really dug it, and so yeah. did a lot of other people. Did you uh, get to go to the festival and stuff? Too? I did, I did. And that was a blast. There were so one, many great beers. So many people say it's like one of their favorite festivals. I, I, I will try to go next year. It, no, it's, it, I think it's gotten better and better every every well, I think this was year three maybe or maybe this was only the this second year. This is three year. or four I want to say. Oh really? It but, was at least three I want to say. But uh, yeah it just seems like uh, everything it's like Colorado Brewers are just taking it to the next level yeah. and there's more and more exciting stuff out there. I, I just like the spirit of it and that the whole idea is to everybody meet up with somebody else yeah come up with some crazy ideas whatever it may be and make it a reality and stuff. It's, it, it's cool and you know that I think sometimes that can be a disaster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you just think of like two people like, hey, let's do this, let's do this, all right, boom. But, you know, but uh, everything I tasted, you know cool. yeah, you know what, it'd be great uh, if we put some wood, yeah, who knows, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, but uh, this year it was uh, every beer, you know, I can't say, I didn't have every single beer, but right. there were so many great beers out there. You so. see the list and you want to have all of exactly. them. Exactly. It was fantastic. Yeah. I had a few of them at Falling Rock. Uh, oh, good. The day after, they're not. Well, it was the same day. It doesn't really matter. But yeah, yeah. I had some at Falling Rock and. Uh, cool. I definitely tried the ska, and I think it was a great divide that did that Skeptic Ale. No, I, oh. I know ska was one of them, and I can't remember who the other brewery they did it with was, but it was uh, an IPA aged in peach brandy barrels. And then oh, that was um, epic. Was, Epic, I okay. think I think that was Scan Epic. Yeah, either way, it was, it was, and I think they used Savion or Savon, how you pronounce it, hops. Yep. and stuff like that. It was, it was a lot more mild than I expected, but it was, it was subtle, but it was really good. It was good. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I, I don't, I have, I didn't get to try that one. Okay. Scott did another one with a few other breweries, and they called it. Um, it was spelled K E R R S blanket Kerr's blanket. Oh yeah. And it was a basically their take on Coors Banquet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, so awesome. But if you uh, yeah, they called it Kerr's blanket. 
you're supposed to say it real quick, but uh, it was basically there, and it was phenomenal. So I mean, yeah. I thought it was one of the best beers at the festival. It was clean. It was it was better than Coors Banquet, which is a hard thing to say, but um, but it was it was awesome. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to get over to that one. I've actually been waiting to say this a little bit. Yeah, you haven't been talking much. Sorry, man. He's probably got a backlog here. Ready to ask. (laughs) No, 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 that's fine. Uh, Speaking of uh, collaboration beers, I just had the... uh, So there's two things coming into play here. I just have to give this a little bit of of heads up. So there's the Saison, because I have... used to fucking hate Saison's, but I had the Saison, <laughs> I think it's like Saison Dubuff, uh, the collaboration between Victory, um, Dogfish Head, and uh, God damn it, who's the last? Stone. Oh, um, wow. So, I feel like fantastic, like, three fantastic brewers making this beer, and I had, like, I made this awesome chicken with this sauce, and, like, the pairing of the beer with the chicken was so fucking good. I don't like. I don't even want to try another saison because I'm like that. Just matched <laughs> my my mood and the food that I had cooked so perfectly. I don't even want to try a saison <laughs> again. Um, but like, but I guess like for for somebody just getting into saisons, I, I don't know if anybody here is an expert on saisons. I know Sam isn't, but like, what what I guess what are like the best beers to get into for saisons? Am I asking the right group of people with this? But. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I love saisons, and actually, uh, I okay. played a big. We brewed one at Great Divide called Colette that uh, I had a lot to do with. So I, uh, I, I do like them a lot. Um, and I would say um, you should start with saison Dupont. That's a Belgian saison, and that's kind of one of the one of the ones that I think drove the American craft beer market to start brewing saisons. Um, that's fantastic. Um, Boulevard Brewing. Has tank yep tank yeah. seven, and if you can find the uh, that's one I want to try. Yes, I want to try. try that one so bad. Try and it's pretty being easy. out in Grand Rapids is kind of hard, but no, they're they're coming to you, Pete. So uh, oh, are they not there yet? Are not they? yet. They're, oh, really? they're just moving into like the Midwest, and I saw Michigan on the list. So um, and so I mean, like, what do you think about uh, like Jolly Pumpkin has some beers they call saisons that are saison esque, saison ish. I would say. Have you had any of those? Yeah, I have, and I've I've liked those too. Um, okay. They're a little like, I don't know. A lot of their beers are pretty funky. Yes, um, and and that's cool. And it, you know, when the mood strikes me or whatever, but it's not one of those beers that I just grab if I wasn't in the mood for it. You know. Yeah. Uh, but everything that I've had by Jolly Pumpkin has been really good. Pete, do uh, does Vivant put out a saison very often? Because they're they're Belgian. I know they have at the brewery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know they have them at the brewery, like, every fucking time I've ever been. <laughs> I, I like would a, trust anything they do pretty deeply. Yeah. I, I don't know if you're familiar with Brewery Vivant. They're from Grand Rapids, real no. small. Uh, actually, one of the guys uh, split off from New Holland Brewing Company. Okay. And ended up going to beer school in Germany, from what I understand, and then came back and opened up this beautiful Belgian-themed, uh, themed, if you I guess, might not be the exactly perfect word, but... Um, open this beautiful brewery with a lot of Belgian Ford beers, the cool. food and everything, all communal seating. Managed to find an old church. It's in an old church, too. Yeah. Nice. yeah. So nice. it's a fucking sweet location, uh, and their beers are really good, but they've committed that they're just going to be, you know, really small. More than neighborhood. They want to they distribute, like, Do into Michigan bit. and stuff, and they might... 
I don't know if they'll ever go out. Like Shorts always said, they'd never distribute out of Michigan. Now they're doing it, so yeah, never say never, I guess. But yeah, they they do some really good like yeast for. If beers. the demand was high enough for Vivant, I know they they jump on it. Like I, yeah. I well, at least they feel like they should because they do a really cool, like interesting style. Like uh, when you go into their their brewery, like their bar area, um, there's like this really long wraparound bar like where the altar and the pulpit would be wow. yeah. so like you're just sitting there and there's like stained glass and stuff behind the bar it's just fucking badass cool. but uh yeah I, sh- I should send you out some beers sam i should send you out some um yeah actually i never think Vivant about beers. them whenever we talk about trades i never think about uh Vivant, even though they're always on my list to visit when i go home so do they show up at jbf or i can't remember i feel like they have at least one year in the past four or five um i don't think they're up there when we were out there i don't think so either i like, oh, no, went together but i always i since i've been from michigan i don't actually look to see who from michigan like comes out here very often yeah like, i get i get my, my my tastes in when i go back home and stuff i hear you yep yeah those are those are uh i did does trinity distribute out there i don't think so Not i know yet. they do a handful of states but i i don't Not think michigan. michigan's on on there at all they make some great saisons as well. Yeah. And I'm sure there's others I'm just not thinking of right now. Oh, sure. Um, the there's way a that lot. Goes. Yeah. yeah, there's. I mean, there's got to be a bunch. I'm trying to think. Of, I mean, most of the saisons I've had recently are all local. So yeah, it's, exactly. It's not like until Pete comes out to visit, then I'll be like, all right, here. We're going here. Yeah. We're going here. We're going to check this out. There you go. Actually, uh, I almost I made a comparison. I was at Black Shirt two weeks ago for their one keg Wednesday and they had a cucumber saison oh nice and I remember that cucumber the goza yeah it was a goza but it was yeah. like I, that's right so it's not really a good comparison since those styles no, are they're not, they're not close they're not that far apart but uh, I just remember thinking like the cucumber flavor on theirs was like I felt like I was like chomping into a big ass cucumber right there nice. your guys is a little more muted and it, I mean with the the goza you know that's a little bit more tart yeah and there's salt in there. there's salt in it yeah. which kind of plays it off it gives it a the, totally uh, different experience but it was yeah. like this saison was the most cucumbery beer <laughs> beer I've ever had where it's like did you guys just straight up, like, I asked uh, Chad, I'm like, so what, where'd the cucumber go and how'd you do it? And he's like, yeah, we just poured, like, paste and uh, the, the cucumber water juice, and stuff, yeah. yeah, right in the secondary. I'm like, that checks out. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, cucumber, I, I we had never dealt with it before, and we have some buddies who have a, uh, a pickle company, The Real Dill. I don't know if oh, you guys yeah. have heard of them. I've heard of them. Actually, so, yeah. um, and I know that, uh, I know that Chad and them know the guys from Real Dill, oh, okay. so I wouldn't be surprised if they got cucumber juice from them as well because that's yeah. where we got it from so okay. they just uh one of the owners is like gosh we make this cucumber juice for our bloody mary mix and it's amazing it smells great it tastes oh, great yeah. and uh so we we tried it obviously and uh yeah. it it's amazing how much flavor comes from that because i think of cucumber as like a really mild like yeah. vegetable you don't think it has a ton of flavor in room but this yeah, juice is just like blows up in your cucumbers face. get very little credit no. They're underrated. <laughs> they, I think they, they shine the most, unfortunately, in the porn industry, which is just a yeah, shame. Exactly. That's a waste of a good I cucumber. Know. I know. Totally <laughs> obvious reasons. What are you talking about? They're seasoning it, guys. <laughs> what the fuck? All right, you got to quit watching Family Guy. That's not true. I think they're true. making pickles. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> now you got me thinking about pickles, man. I got to have a fucking pickle now. 
<laughs> Especially those Pavlov's, guys. Pavlov's Pickle here. Yeah. Pavlov's to... Pickle. That's one of my favorite movies. <laughs> <laughs> Do they? Rule 37, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably exists. They, they sell in stores, right? Now. Oh, yeah. yeah. All, I all think I there. bought their uh, stuff at the Natural Grocer over on Colfax. I right? think they're there, yep. Something, some kind of... Uh, they do. Pickle, a few. They pickle everything. Yeah, they have. Uh, they've done uh, okra. That's, is yes. that what you got? That yeah. was one of the best I think things. Th- I haven't tried it, but I think I saw it on the shelf. And a friend of mine, he's he owns a pickle company in Chicago, and I I always snap him pictures of stuff like, "Hey, do you make this?" And he's always like, "No, that costs way too much for me. <laughs> yeah. It's so small." But he also does Bloody Mary mix, which is funny that you talk about how they you know add the cucumber juice to Bloody Mary mix. And yeah. It's like, it's like yeah. I'll uh, add my pickle juice to the Bloody Mary mix, and he makes a, a straight-up, like, full-on liquid mix Bloody Mary mix. That's all you got to do is add vodka. That's perfect. Yeah. It's, well, oh, no, and tomato juice. I lied. Okay. So you put tomato juice, vodka, and then it's got basically all the seasonings and the pickle juice. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's pretty badass. If you ever see the real deal, they make, like, it's got tomato juice in it as well. Yeah, okay. It, it, they sell it in the same jar as their pickles, but it's red, you know, obviously. Yeah. But, um, I would try it. Yeah. I actually worked for them for like a few months between Great Divide and here because okay. I just needed some money, you know, cash. And so I worked all these events for them. People would drink that stuff just out of a cu- We had these little cups. <laughs> yeah. They would just drink it straight because it was so oh, good. I did, yeah. I did. I, I, that's, I remember buying some real dill pickles. I mean, it's got like tons of, like, there's like foliage inside yeah. the jar. And I used that. I just put that in the Bloody Mary, just the juice itself. Yeah. I would, doing like shooters of, of pickle juice oh yeah it's so good that's how twisted my taste buds are <laughs> anyway you could do fear factor straight up pickle juice chugging wasn't that a show on nickelodeon someone that i think uh, there was like a weird you can't factor? do that on game television? show it wasn't quite like fear factors you can't do that on television was wasn't it? that one it was not quite that far back uh it was like there was a panel of nickelodeon stars if you will and then there was like, I will stars. absolutely will not. You will. I refuse. <laughs> no way in hell. I just remember that they had like challenges and stuff, and one of them was chugging pickle juice. Dude. Oh, no, it was a skill. The what, kid had uh, a skill. Pete, come on, you're close enough. What to the age. fuck was that called? Uh, Summer Sanders hosted it. Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. Somebody Google yeah. that. Please. I can't remember All what right. the actual show is called, though. I'm, I'm Googling. Hold on. Please stand by. Please stand by. Google is happening. I'm glad you remember That's... Summer Sanders hosted it. That's, uh, figure it out. Figure it out. Yeah, there we go. Figure you had to, it out. You had to figure out the kid's like special talent or something. And one of them was he could chug pickle, pickle juice. juice. Yes, that's not a talent. I, I didn't think say. so either. If I knew that I could parlay that into Nickelodeon appearances, <laughs> you lived in Florida. You could have been on that show. I could have been on that show. You were a stone throw Dude, away they, from Nickelodeon. They Studios. must have been stretching with that though. They yeah. must have been really stretching with that because like one of the dudes was like <laughs> he could. He could, yeah, like, he were. had memorized every date in history, so you could be like, okay, what day was, like, March uh, 2nd, 1913 on? Oh. He'd be like, Wednesday. Like, could oh. immediately. We had a special education kid in our school, in elementary school, that could do that. That's a way of putting it. Yeah, I was trying not to be <laughs> rude. I mean, we say a lot of weird shit, but I'm not going <laughs> to. Okay, so they had a lot of autistic kids on the show, yeah. whatever. Yeah. So many. <laughs> the spectrum is varied. Oh, well that was segue material if I have heard any <laughs> right there. Pete, should we uh, should we get into some of the fun questions right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just about to say, without further ado, let's do this. Any anytime the segues go off the rails, that's when we know it's time to switch it up. <laughs> yeah. Pete, what do you got for us? We start talking about really uh, 
you know, politically so, incorrect shit. So, so I've, yeah. I've been, I've been uh, listening to enough shows, I figured we should start introducing us for on the off chance someone new listens. This is the part of the show where we ask questions that might be a little bit more quote-unquote colorful, if you will, to our guests just to get to know them a little bit better and, and judge them. <laughs> so I do, so Sam does I'm the ready. traditional would-you-rathers, and I do a little bit of a, a spin on that called good news, bad news, where I give you a good news scenario, it's followed up by bad news, and then I ask you what you would do in that scenario. So Sam, if you want to okay. start this, go right. for it, man. That's cool. I got some new questions, so I, I'm kind of amped to do this. <laughs> cool. All right, so Taylor, would you rather be stuck alone on a desert island with a magic well that produces any beer you want or trapped in a utopian society that has wonderful people but only macro beer? Uh. So solitude and, and, and delicious variety or... Is it any macro beer I want? Ah, I did not have a caveat for that, so I suppose it could be. Let's just say it has all the macro beers, so you can find whatever okay. beer you want wherever you may need to. Gosh, I know this probably isn't the popular thing to say given my profession, but I would take Utopia <laughs> and macro beer. All right. I would too. You would too? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think Rolling I can... Rolling Rock and Narragansett were a part of that. Yeah, if I could have yeah. some uh, Coors Extra Gold and, <laughs> and whatever like and Utopia, I'll take it. Extra gold's on my usual shopping list. <laughs> Get a case it's harder for to find bucks. than you think. Oh, the, there's a small liquor store right down the street from that used to have just 30 packs of it all oh, the time. Oh, really? Yeah, I haven't looked lately, but... We can we get it at Argonaut, and that's it. Yeah, okay. Well, Argonaut has it, so... Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, I hate to disappoint, but that's my answer. No. No. Sticking nothing, to it. Nothing ever disappoints. No. This is, like I said, this is about getting to know. <laughs> getting to know the man behind the brewery. Yeah, there is no right Which or wrong sets, answer. Yeah, I'm, I'm not much of a man when it comes to craft beer, I'm guessing. <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> Apparently well, not, but oh well. fucking pariah we'll Yeah. Here, so you better be prepared to give up everything. <laughs> yeah, it so sounds pitchforks like Pitchforks and yeah. torches yeah. outside the door tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Working at Blue Moon by the end of the week. <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah, that, the job. Probably make more money there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Pete, what you got? So... Okay, so so the good news. I always like to ask brewers this question. Um, so the good news, or people that work at brewers, rather uh, breweries. The good news is that you found a supplier of brewery ingredients that will give you access to any brewer ingredient you can carry, despite its rarity, its price, its exoticness, etc. And it comes at no cost to you. The bad news is, in beer fest style, I hope you've seen the movie. Uh, in beer fest style, you have to be blackout drunk and navigate the seediest part of Denver to access this store. So I have three questions for you, given that. Um, what would you drink to get you drunk? Uh, uh, do you want me to answer them as you go or wait till you're done? Sorry. Yeah, fuck it. You're not going to have to remember that much. <laughs> all right. All so right. Just, just... Uh, I would drink, well, beer, probably. And uh, being the cheap How many I am, whatever beer we're serving here at the brewery. What's that? How many beers would it take? Yeah. To get, uh, like, just piss blackout drunk. Oh, gosh. Um, you know, I'm not that big. I'm only about a buck forty-five, so it doesn't take as much as it used to. I'm about almost forty, so I would probably need a twelve pack, like or, or like ten. <laughs> probably it's not gonna take that much. Probably only like, like how like much could you to, drink when you eight, weighed? More? <laughs> like how much could you drink when you were younger? If I drank twelve, I would be dead. I, I, I I'm thinking like he uh, says it was such shame. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, uh, well, well, when I was young, I don't, I can't even keep track. I mean, I, 
but uh, I could somehow keep going. Um, again, blackout, but still, right. people would say, "Yeah, you you were still awake." Um, it's a small guy thing because I do yeah. have time to time. Uh, but but I mean, I, I'd say, but to get like completely blackout drunk, I'd need I twelve is a bit much. Eight to ten. Okay. Okay. That fair seems enough, much more. And I'm thinking I'm like, and I'm thinking, and I'm talking like I have a, a six pa- like twelve ounce bottles. Does yeah, that make okay. it better? And you're pounding these like, sure. one after Yeah, yeah. So that's a little more reasonable. Okay. I'm not talking like uh, imperial. And like I said, I'm not judging you. I mean, okay. I, if you I can do that, more you more can, power to you. I'm you just saying, if me. I tried that, I would fucking die. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. So the second question in the series is, what would you carry if anything to protect yourself as you navigate blackout drunk in the seediest part of Denver? Oh no, I would. Whatever it was would hurt my nothing because I would just shoot myself, stab myself. I would be so drunk. I'd, <laughs> I would carry nothing, nothing, and I would just hope for the okay, best. So I would want no no cash on me. So if I did get mugged, they could just take nothing. You know, I'd I'd uh, I'd, I'd be going bare bones and just hoping I, I live through it. Okay, so I'm just gonna throw something in here as a curveball that I just thought of. If you found a suit of armor, would you get into that to navigate the streets? I would try. I would try. Okay. okay. But I'm blackout drunk. Okay. I mean, I can barely yeah, there's walk only at this so point. so much mobility you're going right. to yeah. have to begin with. Can what, you, can you I imagine, like, putting a shoe on would be difficult. So <laughs> a suit of armor, I don't even know if I'd identify it as that and then even know how to get into it. Based but on how many hats I, I lose, try. sometimes putting a hat on is difficult for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. Same thing. Okay, and then the third thing, and this is actually the most important question, what would you carry... Um, uh, the ingredient-wise, back with you, oh, if you could any any brewery ingredient, any oh, brewing ingredient, rather, what ingredients? It's, it's the price. It's the ingredients. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it would yeah. be really expensive hops. Those are the, those are the the ones where you just you absolutely just can't get certain hops. So maybe uh, yeah, even if they're like super rare, like Galaxy like- or what? It would be like it would be the, those hops. It would be a, a variety of like really expensive impossible to get hops most likely pretty much everything else you can you can come across you can find it if you have yeah. the money but hops there's some no matter how much money you have you can't get them and then you got supply like lead times and shit too probably yeah exactly i mean you can contract for them four years from now but um <laughs> so you're gonna play but i would go it would be hot it would be this. like the, the what the you know they call the sexy hops these new like <laughs> really like aromatic american go hops. On. they're impossible to get <laughs> they're not sexy at all there. And they'll be. Are we, are, we gonna, are, we, are we gonna start a band called the Sexy Hops? <laughs> you, hey, we should. We should. We could probably play here. Yeah, yeah. The Sexy Hops live at Spangle. Sexy Hops live at Sp- Yeah, I like it. <laughs> cool. Alt funk sexy band. <laughs> yeah. Blue note jazz metalcore. Exactly. I think that's what we're I like it. I like it. Jazz <laughs> I feel like there might have been a band like that at one point already. I just I'm not clever enough to put it together. Death yeah. Clinton. Definitely. That'd be the worst tragedy on Blue Note Jazz. All right, so this is what I like to ask <clears throat> brewers, too. Uh, would you rather go back in time and try all the original beers of history or go forward into the future and try all the crazy shit we come up with, like, you know, 50 Ooh, years down the line or 100 that, years in the future? That's a good question. And I think I'd go back in time. Because I always wonder... If 10 years ago I tried these beers when I first started, well, it was 12 years ago, I started homebrewing and yeah. all these beers I thought were amazing. And even even in the last, even 
five years ago I'd have beers where I think they're great. And I'm curious as to whether it was they were really great or was it just the invite? Sometimes, you know, like you're having a good time. Beer just tastes better. You <laughs> know what I mean? Else, sometimes yeah. like sometimes you're eating something, like you said, with that chicken and the sage. Sometimes, like, things make things are better. And yeah. I'm curious if I, yeah. gla- like, kind of uh, glamorized some of these beers or made them seem a lot better than they actually were. I'd probably go back in time. Go back to And then I'd also want to try some of that shit that was being brewed in, like, the 1800s. Yeah. The original IPA, stuff like that. Uh, yeah, and that's even more what I was saying. Like, the yeah. original, like, OG, like, you know, the browns and just the regular ales. And, like, yeah, I'd be really curious. I, I, I'm guessing yeah. they're not that good. Yeah. Like, the <laughs> to stuff be honest before they you? even, like, invented two-row, before two-row was even, like, a grain, you know, when they yeah. were making dark beers with whatever, the equivalent of, like, six-row, basically. Yeah, we yeah. go into a, a, you know, a tavern and just ask for beer. And they just give you what they, they had. just give you whatever they had. Yeah. yeah. I don't know like if you guys... Sluice like the <laughs> There you go. <laughs> I don't know if you guys, like, uh, do you, are you a homebrew? You're I homebrew, do, yeah. Don't you? So, the book, uh, Mitch Steele from Stone, he wrote a book about IPAs. Okay. And he has some of the historic recipes for IPAs in there. Oh, really? And these beers were like, I, I'm trying to think of a way to say that that's not beer geeky or like that everyone would understand. But so uh, there's a way to measure the amount of sugar that's left in beer through fermentation. Yeast eats sugar. It turns it into alcohol. Most American, you know, the beers we drink now, um, they'll finish anywhere from like, like 0.5 degrees Play-Doh to 4 degrees Play-Doh. Maybe a stout will be like 6 or 7 degrees Play-Doh. And then, but like an IPA would be 3 degrees degrees Play-Doh. But uh, most beers finished at like 8 or 9 or 10 degrees Play-Doh. Oh, I mean, so they were just really like, sweet still. just super sweet. The yeast wasn't Jesus fermenting them out. Christ. So, I mean, I'm just curious yeah. as to what that tasted like. I couldn't make that happen. I couldn't, I could make that happen. You, you but that could, would be really hard to like replicate with what we use today. Yeah, most used so, to gobble right through that stuff. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it'd be interesting. I'd like I, to I, see that as a, as a, a brewery in Denver. It, when all other gimmicks <laughs> have been used up. Yeah, <laughs> when all other gimmicks, yeah, exactly. Have, like, uh, you know, uh, 18th century, you know, just, 1798 brewery. Just have a medieval festival. Like, we, we got just like fucking so at that point. Yeah, yeah exactly. So much excitement build up, and then they get in there and actually try the beer. It's, it's just disgusting. It's <laughs> like, like a gross. You know what? Fest. I I wish you hadn't said that because someone's gonna try it's, that. I'm sure. There's gonna be a rule validation. 37 of beer. <laughs> yeah. There's rule someone's, 37 of porn. There's gonna be a rule 37 of beer. If you can think it up, someone's gonna have done it in the next like 20 years. Yeah, so. yeah. It seems to be where we're headed. So. <laughs> I'm gonna do that shit. I want. <laughs> there to you that go. Now. That's gonna be Pete's first beer project. <laughs> well, you're not borrowing money from me. Right? <laughs> I'll give you money. <laughs> I already requested money on Chase. I'll, shit. I'll give you money and then I'll do a Throwback Thursday to whatever you make up. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, Pete. What do you got next? Okay, so um, this is actually one of my favorite questions ever. Uh, so the good news is you can make yourself completely sober at a moment's notice. The bad news is it only lasts for 10 minutes, and then you have uh, your bowels give way, you have really hot diarrhea, and then you are three times as drunk. Um, what would be the best place that you would use this? I actually heard this on one of the those other ones. I li- one of the first the two I listened to, and I thought to myself, I wonder when I would use it. And I thought, uh, a, you know, if you got pulled over by a cop, but that's you guys brought that up and said, well, it only lasts ten minutes, and then you're fucked. 
gosh, that's uh, shit. I don't like know. Like your wedding day. I, I thought about this though. Still too though, really like good. even if you get pulled over and uh, you do the field sobriety test, just shit face drunk, and then before they just make you blow, the blow, yeah, yeah, then yeah. you activate it then because I'm not saying I know this for a fact, but I feel like well, there's still ten minutes between processing and yeah it'd still be bad because eventually you, after you blow you're probably gonna be shooting your pants in the back of a squad car while they're still like finishing everything up but what, yeah how good but i do know but still but still i've done it i do know unfortunately <laughs> i've been there um but at least you'd have some sort of legal defense because you exactly. could be like i blew nothing not that i think anyone should ever drive drunk no no, no. so again we, we do not condone these kinds yeah, of activities and i and i wouldn't <laughs> stress that enough <laughs> Yeah, and I and I don't do it anymore. It was not fun after that the time. I did. But I'm trying to think. But imagine is there the any judge other time? just reading the thing. Imagine the judge being like, "All right, you blew sober. You blew zero zero, and but then you, then shit, you yourself. shit your pants and puked all over the squad car." I think for um, comedic purposes, that would be great. Like for storytelling purposes, yeah. that's fantastic. Or maybe some movie. Do you? I want to know. Do you have an answer to that? Like, Ooh. what? Do you, what's your answer? Because you, yeah. I, am I allowed to ask that? Because you've asked it. Yeah, I'm, there are no rules here, so yes, you are totally allowed to do. That. What's? Because I'm thinking I'm missing something. What? When, when would you use it? You really aren't, because like ten minutes is it to give somebody? Like, I, I don't even know when the fuck I would use this. The only time I could possibly think to use it would be like shit if I'm in like really big trouble for being drunk so that would be being pulled over like when would I need to be sober but then when the fuck would I use that in the process of being pulled over because like we've been talking about you wouldn't be driving being pulled over yeah. takes longer than 10 minutes yeah. I mean regardless like, you no would have to use it at it. such an opportune moment it would be when you were given the breathalyzer test that would be the only time that you could use that because you have a legal defense behind you and, that's yeah. that's it yeah I, I wish. Oh, no, I can't think of a good question. time. Someone had a really awesome answer to one of our questions, and it wasn't this one. So that story was just made moot. Lead balloon. Yep. Boom. Womp womp. Yeah, I can't think of a good time. So Someone I'm gonna go with Sam. Voice. I'm gonna go with Sam's thing. Uh, as soon as I'm asked to blow. Yeah. <laughs> right. At the last yeah. You're putting oh. your lips up to it. You're like. <gasps> I, I think what I'm taking away from this is that it has less to do with getting sober. And I'm more interested in using my powers of having hot diarrhea <laughs> with some, some foreknowledge that I'm going to have it. In actually, minutes. that actually a is a better way to look at it. So You're, what, what, we're what missing you, the whole What point. do you want to blow, you know... You're really good at turning lemons like, into lemonade hot here. Hot chocolate all over. Like, what do you want yeah, to do? And, and what, <laughs> what do you, you want to do? <laughs> you want to be so sober that you can convince someone to let you yeah. into that situation where you're going to be able to do that. Like, you know... I can like, go to an ex's house? You know, like go over to an ex's mother's house and just like use that really quick and then shit all over their door or something, you know? <laughs> right. A little Cleveland steamer Yeah, like if you were going to be able to like shake hands with the, the president or something, that'd be pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be dude, better if it was on live TV, obviously. How you doing? Good, dude. Oh I'm good. I'm <laughs> They'd be like, how the hell did they let you up here? Shit face. Like, yeah. Mr. President, thank you. <laughs> and then you can barely stand up. Yeah. <laughs> you use that to get out of meetings. And Dude, shit, yeah. Puke everywhere. Exactly. <laughs> you that, could use it to get someone in trouble. Also that, yeah. <laughs> somebody, somebody somebody let this really, guy in. Like You could use it as a quick way to detox. You know, if you've been eating a lot of uh, 
<laughs> Pizza and stuff lately. Mm. If you're on a detox so you diet, shed some you LBs. You need to cleanse. <laughs> and you need to you cleanse need to your dangerously dehydrated in about five seconds. Yeah. yeah. Do a little spring cleaning, if Do you know what I mean. Spring. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> oh, Jesus. God. I wish I had a better answer. That's all I got. No, that was pretty good. That's I think great. that was some of the... No, those are good. We uh, explored some new territory Dude, in that question. Using, I think that's what's most using, that, using that while you meet the president is probably my favorite fucking word <laughs> of that question, to be completely honest. So well, I think we're good. Politics is a great time to have diarrhea. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right, so this is another brand new question I just uh, came up with recently. Would you rather be stuck in an acid trip or hung over for a month? Ooh. God damn. <laughs> and this, everything else is normal. I got to go about my yeah. daily business. Yeah, everything else is normal. You're just, you're going to either do it hungover for a uh, month or tripping on acid for gosh. a month. You just said normal trip, not a bad trip. Yeah, just, just a normal, normal trip. trip. I still think my logical self would say hungover. Because <laughs> I could still keep a job. Yeah. I'd still probably be married by the end of that. <laughs> There's a good chance. Yeah. Uh, I might not be, you know, I might still have money in the bank. But who knows what would happen if I was constantly tripping. Yeah, I, it could be interesting. And the other, I mean, actually, this, I'm answering my own question away. I uh, don't have any caveats if you can drink through the hangover or anything. You know, I don't think you can drink through an acid trip. You can't. You can drink through the hangover. I've, I haven't done acid, but I've done mushrooms, and I know you can't drink through that. That's... You can drink yourself away from the trip. Yeah. I've done that. Okay. Where you just are then drunk. Blackout. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you're not seeing anything, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. <laughs> but then, again, I'd probably lose... You know, I wouldn't be... Yeah, you wouldn't uh, be functional. I, I wouldn't be owning a brewery anymore. <laughs> yeah. I'd be divorced. Do you guys seriously get? Can you drink on shrooms? Like every time that I have, the shrooms always take over. I just am more of an asshole. Like I just lose my inhibitions. I never tried, so I really I I have almost every time. And you can drink enough where you are just drunk and really like. It's like uh, you're uh, you're kind of amped and you're, but you're not like full on trip. You lose all like. The cool, like any sort of insights you would have had yeah. or anything like that, um, just it becomes down that part of your brain or it, something. yeah. I don't know how it does. You're still a wreck. You're I still can a mess. See how you can be amped. That's always what shocked me is how much energy you actually have. Yeah. It's like, all right. Let's and, do this. and we're talking about like portobello mushrooms. Absolutely. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Portobello mushrooms. Troubles. Maybe maybe some white. Maybe some white mushrooms. You know those yeah. those are always good and plain for some filler. All right, so hangover it is. That's for me, yeah. Pete, what, what, what's your stance on this? I, I kind of want to hear your take on this. So I read this thing recently about people doing like, okay, how much of an acid trip are we talking about? Are you going to talk about microdosing? Yes. I read. I heard about. I heard a podcast about that actually. Also. Well, now there's but go on. podcast. So he Apparently. didn't. But but uh, Sam clarify uh, how much. I would say how medium much... to strong. You know. Enough that you know. Okay, so like, recreational. You're not, not yeah, like, recreational. Not like sure. overdose. Okay. Like you're gonna turn into a glass of orange juice and die when you tip over or something because <laughs> you're spilled. Because <laughs> you're spilled. Okay. I don't know. I, no one's right, heard that so. story. <laughs> Is that just me? No. I, 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 <laughs> anyway, so carry. That on sounds like a terrible trip. 
Dude, I, I think I would I think I would do hungover hungover for a month because I don't know if I could take like actually tripping for an entire month. Then you'd feel like you're perma tripping, and that would just lead to a bad trip. Like I I really think I could just be hungover for a month. I've probably done that in my early twenties anyway, so fuck I could do it <laughs> right. Again. Yeah. Hasn't been hungover for a month straight. Plus, you're probably not gonna sleep a whole lot if you're tripping. Yeah, you yeah. Would lose your yeah. fucking mind. You'd yeah. be like one of those uh, MK Ultra guys from Vietnam or something <laughs> yeah. from the X Files yeah. episode. You'd, you'd be fucked. So. Yeah, yeah. But you read about that microdosing stuff. Yeah. Do you ever listen to? Uh, there's this podcast called Reply All. Look it up. I've never they heard did it. it. They. Uh, like they did it for the show. For the show, and they're like pretty straight laced, like people, and two of them tried it based on this scientist who recommends it they they did it and they did a show about it it was pretty interesting cool i'll so have to listen to that because it's i like, heard about yeah, like, an like artist doing that. say that again i heard about an artist doing that and like he was a designer rather and he was like i microdose like literally every day because like i just interface with customers better i have way more creative ideas when i'm coming up with their like their brands and their marketing and stuff. I'm like, that's so fucking cool. I will never try that, but that sounds so cool. <laughs> yeah. It's like a, you take like a teeny amount, and they tell you how much to do, but it's it's tough to eat. They have to like dilute it a ton, yeah. like just to take the right amount. And so a lot of times, I don't think you even realize it until like the end of the day, and you're like, wait, I, I was just kind of like teeny bit trip yeah the last 10 hours yeah so it's like just a, a little bit but yeah exactly that's what i heard it makes you more like compassionate creative all this stuff but huh. i don't think i'll ever try it <laughs> well, it sounds cool but yeah, yeah i don't think yeah another new not only do i not have the resources for that in terms of finding it like i don't think i would ever try to microdose at work it just yeah i don't crazy. when's the last time anyone like tried to sell you acid or shrooms no. Yeah, like what when the I was fuck? a kid, that shit. But but uh, Sadly, you go to a often. show now, and there'll be like a series of letters and numbers. And <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what that is, and nor yeah, am I going to buy it. I thought someone wanted to take. There's always an MDL 64. 73. I, uh, uh, I thought someone wanted to take yeah. a bath with me for a while. They keep offering me bath salts. I'm like, no, dude, I'm not going to take a bath with you. Go away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but you're right. I don't even know. We really treaded a new ground in this episode. We did. Sorry. <laughs> Pete, you got another one for the road here? I think we're just uh, about hitting our time here. Nope, that's it for me, actually. Cool. Well, Taylor, thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you, guys. That was fun. Yeah, man, this was a good time. Like I said, we covered all sorts of new ground <laughs> all over the place here. Nice. Gotta love it. So, thanks for joining us, Taylor. Oh, thanks. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Beer and Loathing Podcast. You can find us at beerandloathing.com, Facebook slash, that's forward slash, Beer and Loathing, at Beer and Loathing on Twitter and Instagram, and tune in, get drunk on the YouTubes. Also coming soon to MySpace and Live Journal. Thank you very much. Maybe even Zang, <laughs> we don't know. Is that in, uh, is that in Broad <laughs> City where um, uh, the, the one, uh, are you familiar with that TV show? No. Uh, the Roommate... Be- Bevers? Yeah, Bevers. I Bevers? Say, yeah. Uh, he, calls, so. he calls a semen jazz <laughs> because he never knows where it's going to go. <laughs>